This is 109.3 Let's Talk. On today's episode, we will have The Geeky Corner, Oliver's book review, and finally, the interview. Today's guest on the interview is extra special, so stick around. This has been your host, Reese N. on 109.3 Let's Talk. Hello, and welcome to the first The Geeky Corner segment. My name is Jason, and I am the co-host of 109.3 Let's Talk. Today, we will cover the Pratt & Whitney PW4000 engine issue, and how Air Canada transformed its A220 to the retro TransCanada Airways livery. Okay, and on to our first news. A United Boeing 777 aircraft was forced to divert back to Denver International Airport after the right engine suffered an uncontained engine failure over the city. The engine caught fire, and the parts of the engine fell onto the city of Denver. The parts of the engine cowling ended up in a local resident's front yard. And here we have a photo of the 777 suffering the engine failure. We'll put it in the show notes. Flight UA-328 was due to fly from Denver International Airport to Honolulu International Airport. The flight was expected to last 7 hours and 30 minutes almost making it the longest domestic flight ever. However, what appears to be like an uncontained engine failure around five minutes into the flight at 13,000 feet. And here is the flight history. We'll also toss it in the show notes for you to look at. Let's look at the ATC conversation between Denver Departure and United 328. United 328 Heavy we're experiencing an engine failure. We need a turn. Mayday, mayday. United 328 Heavy. Mayday, mayday. Denver departure. United 328 Heavy. Mayday. Aircraft just experienced an engine failure. We need to turn immediately. According to a United Airlines spokesperson, the Boeing 777 had 231 aircrafts on board with 10 crew members. And 772UA is only 26 years old, according to arrival of jet photos we should not mention, with it only being line number 5, which means that this is only the 5th 777 ever delivered. The aircraft has flown with the United Airlines ever since it was delivered on September 29, 1995. The aircraft has been really busy throughout the past year, completing 2,184 hours over 530 flights in the last year. And here is some more videos and photos we'll toss in the show notes. According to Broomfield Police, the engine cowling of United Flight 328 ended up in a home off Elmwood in Broomfield. Then they urged to the public not to touch the debris and if found and to report it immediately. The police department said that the NTSB the National Transport Safety Board is dispatching a team that it wishes to view the debris on the ground. The department went on to share further photos of the cowling lying in a field. They also found some more engine parts over a turf field at Commons Park. That is it for the first news. Time for our second news. After the flight, people realized that this is the second time a PW4000 engine has suffered an engine failure. Back a few years ago, a Japan carrier, I'm not sure if it's ANA or Japan Airlines, also suffered an engine failure with the 777 aircraft, which was equipped with the PW4000. Japan's Aviation Safety Board immediately grounded all 20 or so of the PW4000 engine-equipped 777s in Japan, and soon after, United Airlines followed. We haven't heard from Pratt & Whitney yet, but I think when the podcast comes out, the statement will probably already come out, and they'll probably apologize or something. And now, a music break. Get out about 2 a.m. to go and catch us a trout And that's when I saw that car pull up He said, boys, I don't care that you're way out here But you look a little young for all that beer And when he got close, I couldn't tell who that was He said, I ain't 
cops that ain't your parents boys you're dealing with the county sheriff Welcome to 109.3 Book Review. This is Oliver W. Today we're going to be reviewing the book, The Hate You Give. This book is written by a black author named Angie Thompson. I rated this book uh, 8 out of 10. It is a perfect book for Black History Month. And if you want to learn more about racism in the black community, this is the number one book for you. This book is based around um, racism and other books by Angie Thompson are Cement Rose and On the Come Up. This book is a must read. Um, Ember in the Ashes will be on next episode's book review. This has been Oliver W's book review on 109.3 Let's Talk. Hello and welcome to the interview. I'm your host, Jason. Today, we're here with a very special guest, the mayor of the District of North Vancouver, Mike Little. Nice to meet you all. Okay. Mr. Mayor, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, uh, my name is Mike Little. I've been the mayor for the last uh, two years here in the District of North Vancouver. Um, uh, born and raised in North Van, and my wife Kellyanne and I have uh, four kids, and uh, we live over in the Seymour area. And uh, so uh, I've got uh, one in elementary, two in high school, and one in just started university. And uh, yeah, yeah, we've been, I've been involved in politics. I was on council for nine years before running for mayor. So I've been involved in politics for, for a little while in the North Shore. Thank you. Okay, second question. Um, Mr. Mayor, can you tell us a bit more about your family? Yeah, well, like uh, they, uh, uh, one's at uh, Windsor, one's at Seacove, uh, one's at uh, uh, Dorothy Linus, and one's at University. So, good. They're spread all over the place. Lots of different interests. Uh, I know you uh, do a bit of a podcast, Jason, on uh, on video games, and I used to work for Electronic Arts, so I worked in the video game industry before uh, uh, getting into government. And uh, so, uh, my son and I play a lot of video games right now. Uh, although we've just got his sisters hooked on Java edition micro, uh, Minecraft. So we've just been switching over to that to play with them. So uh, lots of fun. That's awesome. Recently I played Java edition Minecraft too. Yeah, good. Why did you become mayor? Uh, I got into politics because I wanted to make positive change in the community. Uh, I was always interested in current events and uh, you know, following the newspaper, following activities, just started volunteering in the community back uh, a long time ago, and uh, you know, eventually started taking leadership positions on different committees, as chairing different groups, and then ran for uh, for election for council when I was 29, which was still pretty young to get into politics back in, in that that day, and so I've been uh, around in politics uh, since my 20s. And Mr. Mayor, how did you come become the mayor? Uh, I uh, I didn't I wasn't on council from 2014 to 2018. I didn't run for re-election in that term, and then uh, uh, saw an opportunity to uh, run for mayor. The former mayor Richard Walton was uh, considering retirement, and so put together a campaign team, uh, got our issues together, and ran in the election of 2018 and, and, and won. So that's that's the how. Uh, you go through a, an E-Day election and you try and get as many supporters out as you possibly can and uh, and you may win. Can you tell us a bit about your childhood? Yeah, I, I, I grew up in Seymour. Uh, I lived for Lynn Valley, in Lynn Valley for a little bit of time. I think you guys are all in Lynn Valley, right? Is that, uh, yes. yeah. I, I lived on Frederick for, for a time over by the uh, Lynn Valley Rec Center. Um, but I uh, grew up in Seymour. Uh, yeah, very involved in, like I said, video games and such, which is why uh, I went to go work for Electronic Arts uh, for a time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up in the Seymour area, tromping around the woods over there and, uh, and uh, biking and, and uh, just loved uh, the community. And uh, uh, then came and lived in Lynn Valley for a time, lived in Upper Delbrook for a time, and then uh, returned back to Seymour, uh, where our family is now. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, long time in the community. How, who do you work with when you're mayor? 
Uh, sort of two groups. Uh, one is the council um, and the councillors. There's uh, uh, six members of council. There's six councillors and the mayor that make up the council. And we set the policies for the district. But then I also work with the senior management team. Um, so this would be uh, the head of planning, the head of engineering, head of uh, uh, finance, all of these different uh, groups within the district. And, uh, and we work to uh, to carry out the policies set by the council. And uh, so that's who I work with on a regular basis. But it, it's, when you think of municipalities, I don't know, at your age, you're probably, you know, you know about parks and fields and, and uh, you know, uh, trails and roads and all of that stuff. But we're also the fire department and the libraries and the rec centers and, um, and uh, the police department, all of those other services are all run under the municipality as well. So. So it, it, it's a really broad job. You get to deal with a whole bunch of different uh, different areas. Okay, so how do you think you as a mayor are benefiting the North Vancouver district? Well, I hope that we're making it a better place for people to live uh, in. We're trying to make it a, the, sort of the character, the theme of the district of North Vancouver is that it's uh, uh, a safe, clean, family-friendly community with a close connection to nature. And uh, we're trying to make sure that as people uh, build new buildings and, and more population comes generally to the area, that it's done in a way that's uh, that retains that uh, really great character. I hope everybody can enjoy the forests and enjoy uh, the outdoor spaces like we did as kids. And so uh, that's where I focus on is policies that are going to make this community as livable as, as it always was when we grew up. Um, how do you feel that you and your office are responding to the COVID-19 pandemic? It, it's obviously been a major uh, issue for us. Just a year and two days ago was the anniversary for the first fatality of COVID in the entire country, and it was here in what well, was in Lynn Valley. It was not too far from you guys. Uh, and so that first outbreak at uh, the Lynn Valley Care Center, 27 people died in it. And so we took it extremely seriously. And I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, of all of the facilities that, that had outbreaks, uh, none of them had a, a, a second outbreak. So they, they learned from it. They brought in policies that helped protect people and stop the spread and made it so that uh, uh, people were safe again going forward. We still do have cases of COVID in, in the community. Uh, we've got about 100 active cases in, in uh, North Vancouver right now. Um, but uh, I think we're doing a better job of protecting the most vulnerable people uh, who um, getting sick from COVID might end their life. And so I think you're going to see that uh, very few fatalities going forward just because um, we've, we've had a very effective program for protecting seniors. Mr. Mayor, how will future generations afford to live on the North Shore with skyrocketing prices? It's always going to be a challenge. I mean, you know, they say in real estate, uh, it's all about the three L's, location, 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 which is, which is a way of saying that uh, if you have a desirable place, that's what's going to determine the value of your property. And so there's good and bad to that. I mean, I obviously want uh, people in our community to have close access to trails and parks, but that also means that their land values are going to go up and up because people find that desirable. They want to live in places that are close to trails and parks. Um, so we can't always make decisions that are going to keep the cost down, um, but uh, we you know, we, we recognize that uh, people still want us to keep the places uh, well-maintained with high-quality services, which unfortunately means it's an expensive place to live. But um, we do try to work with um, uh, provincial programs to produce more affordable housing in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, as we strategically densify certain areas, the town centers in particular, we're trying to get a better mix of housing available to people. But uh, it's just always going to be expensive on the North Shore because of the trails and mountains and, and, um, and, and, and schools that are great quality schools. So it's just always going to be expensive. Okay, Mr. Mayor, can you tell, tell us about some policies you've changed or moved? 
yeah, we definitely we've we've changed a lot of policies in the in the district of North Vancouver. I mean, that's what you do is you come in and try to uh, take the issues that you ran in the election and turn them into actions uh, for for the district. I spend a lot of my time on transportation. Uh, because transportation is the biggest single issue facing our community right now. I'm sure your parents are very frustrated with traffic issues coming onto the North Shore and getting around. Uh, it's our top issue and um, in part it's our demographics. The, uh, you know, as the community ages, more and more services are having to be brought into the community. Uh, but it's also because we have a lot of construction going on and so we've got uh, uh, over a billion dollars in open permit value of construction going on, which means I've got construction going on in almost every neighborhood. About half of it is single family home construction and the other half of it is multifamily home construction. But all of those people are coming to the North Shore for the construction, which, construction window. So traffic gets really, really compacted at eight o'clock in the morning. And then when you're trying to leave the North Shore at four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you hit another big, big rush. We have we have a big uh, highway project on the go down at um, uh, down in the Lowerland Valley area that should help alleviate some of that. But it's it's just it's always going to be an issue because we have uh, limited bridges to cross to the North Shore. 1968 was the last time we had a lane increase to the North Shore, but our population has more than doubled since that time, and so you just the the, the roads are stressed. There's just too many people on them. Um, can you tell us how the um, municipal government system works? Yeah, so uh, so obviously you've got your federal government that's responsible for everything external for the country and then some domestic policies and then the province is largely education and health focused, but uh, some other social services. Municipalities, we are your sewers and roads and parks and police and all, all of the stuff that you, you have locally. and. Uh, uh, we have about $130 million uh, budget that uh, we spend uh, on um, road maintenance, uh, trails, parks, uh, rec centers, uh, everything that, that we see as being a priority for people. But the number one issue that we have is what's called land use. And so the, the local government gets to decide um, how that particular piece of land is going to be used. And so if it's your house, then we decide whether it's one house or whether it's 10 houses and it's a redevelopment. Uh, if it's a, a road, we may decide that it becomes a trail. We may decide that it becomes a development. Um, and so the, the biggest single power of municipalities is we get to determine land use. And we do that with public consultation. We invite people to come out to the council meetings and then we tell them, what we're proposing or what a developer is proposing for a particular piece of property. And then uh, if the community kind of agrees to it, the council agrees to it, then we make the change. But that's our biggest role is deciding on land use. Mr. Mayor, what are your thoughts on the renewal of the in infrastructure in North Vancouver district? Uh, it's expensive. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, We've had a policy of asset renewal since 2004, where um, every year we take a portion of the taxes that come in and we set it aside for the eventual replacement of, of, of our buildings. So uh, I don't know if you've been to the new Delbrook Rec Center. Um, that's one where we, um, we you know, had money set aside. The old Delbrook facility was aging and then we go and we replace, replace it with a new building that is seismically upgraded and, and meets a uh, bigger community. In Lynn Valley, you guys have an aging facility with the Karen Magnuson facility and uh, both the wave pool and the ice rink. And uh, that will have to be a future project for us to uh, to upgrade and redevelop that. But it's constant. Every single year, you, you're, you're going to do about 3 to 5% of your uh, infrastructure you're going to renew. Either it's roads, pipes, rec centers, libraries. Uh, you just have to constantly be ma maintaining those things or else they'll fall into disrepair and then you lose the benefit of having those public spaces. Um, will, will there be another bridge connecting the North Shore to Vancouver? There's no plans at this point for uh, specifically a bridge. Having said that, we are working through what's called the, the BIRT, the B-I-R-T, Burrard Inlet Rapid Transit Study. And what it is looking at is, is building an additional bridge, but to use it for transit purposes. Um, it may broaden to other things, but it's not intended to be a car bridge where you would just have an additional car route. 
the main thing would be if we could bring light rail or SkyTrain onto the North Shore. Um, right now, uh, the South Shore, so Vancouver, Burnaby, Coquitlam, New West, all of those areas are very well served by um, SkyTrain. In fact, you can go with the new extension, what's called the Langley Surrey SkyTrain extension. You can go 50 kilometers on the SkyTrain from the center of Langley all the way to downtown. They have better transit service than us, and we're only 10 kilometers from downtown. And so we, we constantly have to fight for regional do dollars to, to improve the infrastructure to the North Shore. So you're talking about a uh, SkyTrain on North Shore. What would that look like? Well, ideally it would be uh, a connection. Uh, they haven't determined the route yet, but on the South Shore, you've got some really good things you can tie into if you go into Burnaby. And so you could tie into the Expo line, the Millennium line, the BCIT campus, the Burnaby Hospital and the PNE and then come onto the North Shore and do a bit of a sweep across over to the Lonsdale area. And we, we definitely have enough population and enough um, uh, work opportunities for people uh, to, uh, uh, to use that service. I mean, right now our, our, our port industries are booming. They're, they're doing, they're super busy. Despite COVID, they're very, very busy. And, and we have about 5,000 workers that almost entirely come onto the North Shore for work every single day and then leave the North Shore uh, at the end of the day. And boy, wouldn't it be great if we could get them onto transit rather than having their vehicles come across the bridge twice a day. Uh, so that's that's the focus of it, is to try and get uh, an, an affordable, reliable way for people to be able to use transit instead of using their cars every day. Mr. Mayor, will we ever see more cooperation between the city and district or maybe even a merge between the two organizations? We've, we've looked at it in the past. It's, um, uh, it's been studied 13 times actually in the last 100 years. Um, so I don't know that we need to spend more time studying it. Uh, just the, the conditions need to change. Um, I have been supportive in the past of, of putting the two municipalities together. But um, even if you do that, you have to recognize that your top problems are still going to be your top problems. The merge is not going to solve it. Uh, the merge may give you some uh, places where you can save some money here or there and maybe have better communication here and there. But the biggest issues facing our community will still have to tackle whether we're one municipality or two. I work very, very well with the, uh, the mayor of the city of North Vancouver. We, uh, uh, we, the, the great thing about having two mayors is we can sort of cover two different things at once and uh, we work well together. Um, Mr. Mayor, um, are you affiliated with any political party? Uh, I have been uh, a candidate for the Conservative Party of Canada in the past. Uh, 2015 was the last time I was a party-affiliated politician. So I'm not currently a candidate for any, any political party. Mr. Mayor, what are your thoughts on the assault rifle ban and how it will affect North Vancouver? Uh, well, it's tough to draw a connection to how it will affect North Vancouver. Um, I don't, we're not, we have not had instances with rifles being used, um, uh, or certainly not legal uh, assault rifles. Uh, and so I, I don't know that it'll have a, a market difference uh, in crime on the North Shore. Um, there are, uh, you know, people that sometimes use the ports and other things to import illegal weapons but those will, that will still happen. Uh, a ban on assault rifles doesn't actually address address that issue. But uh, um, no, I, I, I don't imagine it'll have that dramatic effect uh, on the North Shore, but uh, uh, if it makes it easier for the government to track their locations and usage, then, then maybe there will be some benefit out of it, but I don't think it'll address the crime issues that we face in our community. Um, what do you think about sidewalks on North Vancouver? Um, I've heard many complaints about there not being enough on roads that need them and dangerous roads. We work with the school district for what we call safe routes to school and, uh, you know, a bunch of different municipal, bunch of different school uh, PACs, which is the parents advisory committees, have expressed concerns to us about sidewalk access to and from the schools. Um, when I grew up in North Van, uh, we had a goat trail, uh, which basically meant 
uh, across everybody's lawns on the front, there was about a six foot section of boulevard and there was always a sort of a spot where everybody just walked down on the front of people's lawns. Something's happened in the last 10 or 15 years where, where uh, people don't like it when people walk across the front of their lawn and so they start rock armoring it and putting down stones and pebbles and other things that are hard to walk across and they try to force the pedestrians out onto the street, uh, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, uh, I, if we could get a better handle on the rock armoring of the boulevard and make it so that people could walk across it again, that'd be better. But sidewalks themselves are expensive. Uh, it is a a high quality concrete that you use. You have to dig down and set the road base into it. And you also have to manage all of the uh, rainwater um, that goes around it. So it's it's something that we use when we can't solve the problem another way. They're very expensive. Are there any new projects in the works? Uh, yes, we have uh, several projects that are coming before council. We have one um, that you'll probably see in the newspaper uh, a fair amount, which is uh, uh, one that's down on West, six, West 16th and Lloyd down uh, in down by Marine Drive. And that one is uh, uh, 60 unit uh, housing for uh, women led families that are in um, emergency need and, uh, and their kids. And so we'll tie people into our school system through it. But uh, we have a lot of people that are in financial need in our community. And that's one of the things we can do to help them. Uh, another project that's been proposed for up in your neighborhood is the Lynn Valley Legion, which has proposed 97 units of, of housing on the Legion property. That one's a little more controversial, I would say, just because it's such a dramatic change in density and there's nothing else like it around it. So we have a lot of people from your community expressing some concerns about, about that space. And uh, But there's, a, there's always lots of projects on the go. Uh, it's, uh, that land use piece, that's what we do on a weekly basis. We make... Uh, uh, amendments to land use to uh, uh, create projects or to uh, sometimes say no to a project that it doesn't meet the community's needs. Um, what do you think would be the next school upgrade? Oh, I just had an update from, so we meet with the school district. Uh, so so the, the council is responsible again for the land use decisions in and around schools, but the schools themselves are run by uh, the Board of Education. And uh, uh, so we met with them just last week, see if I still have my notes on my desk here somewhere, but um, uh, so they're obviously doing the Argyle project right now, which is uh, quite advanced. It's uh, moving along. We also have the Hansworth project. I think the next big project is Cloverly down in the city of North Vancouver. Um, I can't think if there's another one in Lynn Valley coming up. I know that the, the new Lynn Valley school, so this is the one uh, right on Mountain Highway there, uh, um, by the by the fields uh, that one actually is at capacity and they're looking at ways to be able to increase that one although I remember when they built it and I remember everybody pointing out that uh, uh, I think it was there were 396 enrolled kids and they were only building the new school for 410 kids and and everyone's sitting looking at it going you know there's a, a town center plan with a whole bunch of new apartments and things being built. Why are we building the school so small? And now we're already into a situation where uh, the school needs to have probably portables as a temporary solution. But uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, we'd like to get that Argyle project. I'm sure you guys would be eager to get that Argyle project uh, finished as well. But uh, what I've seen of it, it looks really good. So, um, so it's, it's going to be a nice space for you guys. Mr. Mayor, are there any plans for any new parks, trails, highways, anything like that? Uh, nothing significant. Uh, I mean, obviously the highway project that's going on right now, that's a significant change to the highways in that area. And it also affected the trails in and around the bottom of Lynn Creek. Um, but uh, uh, we just changed the Lynn Canyon parking areas and uh, uh, added parking for the ecology center in the park, uh, but we don't have anything significant planned for changes to the park. Our challenge, though, is we have so many people coming to the parks these days, um, especially during COVID. People are desperate to get out, get some exercise, and the North Shore has become the playground for uh, for the whole Lower Mainland. And so you have just people streaming onto the North Shore um, on a weekend, 
And so like uh, uh, Lynn Headwaters uh, had 80,000 people through it in a two day period uh, last spring. And so that's uh, just a massive crowd of people moving through the parks. And we just see that getting busier and busier. So, so we, we did put pay parking uh, as a pilot project in, in at Lynn Canyon, uh, the suspension bridge. Uh, but we also recognize that uh, locals use it as their local park. And so we made a $10 a year parking pass for, uh, for locals uh, so that they can still access their local park. Um. Thoughts on RCMP moving out of Surrey? Uh, yeah, Surrey is a large enough municipality to have their own police force. In fact, I think they're the largest detachment in the country. Because um, we don't think about it that way, but BC has almost all of the large detachments with the RCMP because uh, uh, Ontario's got their own provincial police, Alberta, Quebec, and so BC has the largest remaining large municipalities. And we have, uh, um, uh, so at Surrey being one of the largest. Uh, so they're definitely large enough to have their own. The challenge is gonna be short-term uh, where uh, we have lots of people moving from one police department to another police department. And you have to make sure that you're gonna have the coverage uh, in your municipality. And so the challenge is going to be when you have all of those spaces, which is I think is about 750 police uh, positions, uh, uh, go into the into that new police department. They could put a lot of pressure on RCMP and make it hard for officers to get promotions uh, or to move to the specialized work that they want to do because they sort of have to just wait for the ripples to work their way through the system with everybody shifting around between different places, but. Uh, we've been very happy with the RCMP on the North Shore. Uh, they uh, have a very low cost per capita of policing. They do a great job. Uh, our new superintendent, Gallup Bayani, I say new, he's been there for about two years now. Uh, he is uh, uh, really great at getting out and meeting people and, and being a good community police uh, supporter. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy with where things are at with the police. Um, you talk a lot about the parks in North Van. Mm -hmm. um, do you hike a lot or bike? Uh, a bit. Uh, we've got a, a golden retriever, uh, red golden retriever. He's uh, a year old. And so most of my hikes are sort of uh, dog walks with him in and around our neighborhood. My wife takes him down to Inter River or to Ambleside as well, where they have off-leash dog parks. Um, we do have some off-leash areas in Seymour, one being at Kate's Park, but we don't have enough off-leash areas. Uh, they get too congested and uh, and it's kind of a little scary when you've got a puppy going into some of these places and there's some some big aggressive dogs at some of them. Um, but uh, so I think we need to have more options. They don't necessarily need to all be large dog parks. They just uh, need to have smaller options, more spread out so that uh, people have choices um, for it. But uh, that's most of my trail stuff and hiking stuff right now is walking the dog in the area. But we have trails. Um, very close to our house. I'm on the side of Seymour Mountain, so we have trails everywhere. Mr. Mayor, will we ever see a, a light at the intersection of 29th and From? Well, we just added the one at 29th and William. Um, and so we'd have to do, so what happens in those cases is uh, 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 we have a transportation section and they go and do what's called a warrant study. And a warrant study is where they go and they count all the vehicles coming from each different direction. They determine how many pedestrians are trying to cross and they put it all into this big spreadsheet and try to decide whether what the right level of traffic control is. Is it a, just a crosswalk? Is it a crosswalk with lights? Is it a stop sign? Is it four-way stop signs? Is it you know full signalized intersections? Uh, because um, then the problem specifically with 29th is if you make 29th too slow everybody goes to shakespeare and shakespeare's one block to the north and so we want everybody to stay on 29th so we want it to flow but we want it to have the proper traffic controls because if if we don't have that then they'll rat run through shakespeare which is not set up to handle that much traffic um, so it's always it's always a, a balance. You you got to make sure that you you have the right uh, traffic control technology in place uh, to manage the number of people. So uh, it's it's 
people smarter than I that decide whether or not there's going to be a four-way intersection at um, at uh, From and, and 29th. Uh, but that's always the thing we're watching is the spillover effect into places like Shakespeare. Um, Mr. Mayor, do you enjoy reading? Because I believe you are at the Summer Reading Club Award session. Yes. You gave me yeah, the I was the chair of the library board at the time, and we do uh, 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 definitely promote the Summer Reading Club, although it's been a little tricky during COVID. Um, uh, I do read, but I'll, because of the nature of my job, so this is, this is today's reading package uh, is, is two full binders of reading for today. Well, it's not too bad. That's about 60, 70 pages just for today, though. And so I get that uh, most days. And on, on Mondays, I get a package that's about 200 pages for our council meeting. So when you do so much reading for work, you don't get to do as much recreational reading uh, that you'd like to. But my daughter works at a bookstore, and we always talk books. And uh, um, uh, I look forward to getting more recreational reading back into my day. But uh, right now, it's reports. <laughs> Um, what is your favorite restaurant on the North Shore or in Vancouver? Oh, we go to. Uh, I, I actually, I, it's not it's not that fancy or expensive, but I really like Barcelos, which is a chicken place down in uh, Maplewood. Uh, it's a family-owned, very friendly group, and uh, they make like a nice uh, spicy chicken sandwich and uh, and spicy fries and. Uh, uh, so I, I, I go down there a bit, but um, we have been trying to, in COVID, order food from uh, delivery uh, places and other things uh, to try out different stuff. But uh, I'd have to say Barcelos is probably my favorite. I like a good chicken sandwich down there. Mr. Mayor, do you think you'll run again in next term? Uh, at this point, I, I would say I'm, I'm most likely going to run again. Um, you know, it's it's a fulfilling, interesting job. You don't see a lot of people retiring from politics because you get to be in the center of the decision-making. And even though for some of the positions it doesn't pay very well, people just love to be a part of it. So I imagine in some form I'll be involved in local government for a, for a long time to come. No, although not necessarily as mayor, uh, I, would, I, I think that the other roles that they have are also excellent opportunities to affect your community. What are your opinions on Site C? Site C is a challenge because um, we, we want to get off fossil fuels, right? Uh, we want to we lower greenhouse gases. Uh, the two largest sources of uh, greenhouse gases are um, for heating your house and for running your car. Uh, those are hands down. Number one and number two uh, is heating buildings and, and running vehicles. Um, we're, we're at the point in the next 10 years where there's going to be a dramatic change in the electrification of cars and in houses. And by houses, we mean so instead of having natural gas heat your house, more and more apartments in particular are going to be heated with uh, electric baseboard heating. The problem is you got to produce the electricity somewhere. And either you're paying someone else to produce it, and a lot of those places are still using coal and they're still using other energy sources that are not as clean, or you have to build the infrastructure here in BC uh, to produce your own electricity. Now, some of that may be solar, some of it may be tidal or wind, but uh, we are fortunate that we have a lot of rain in this province and we have a lot of hills, which means that we can build um, uh, hydroelectric uh, infrastructure. And it's, uh, it's clean, it's renewable. Uh, you, I mean, you have to consider the embedded carbon costs and all the concrete that you produce in it. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, uh, it's the only viable alternative we have to fossil fuels at the moment. Um, renewable, the other renewables, uh, they, have, they all have their flaws. You can't produce solar at night. Uh, you can't produce wind when it's not windy. Uh, and so uh, the beautiful thing about hydroelectric electric dams is uh, they're a big fat battery. All of that lake that behind it, that's behind it, that's effectively stored energy. You release it when you want to and you generate the power when you want to. It is the most flexible renewable you're, you're going to find. Um, and so that's the challenge. We don't just have to build one site C, we have to build five site C's. 
uh, and uh, otherwise we're going to have to buy electricity from places that produce it less clean than we do. Mr. Mayor, will there be like a new Lim Valley Rec Center? Because right now it's really small and it's really old. Uh, I, I would say the next uh, major renovation of an elect uh, of it is, is probably going to be Ron Andrews along the parkway. And then after Ron Andrews will probably be uh, the Karen Magnuson facility. Uh, the Ron Andrews facility, like Delbrook, was what they called floating slab on fill and it was not well built and um, uh, it, it needed to, it needs to be upgraded next. And then after that, I think it'll be Karen Magnuson. But the challenge with Karen Magnuson is always those big power lines right over top of the facility. They really limit what you can do on the site. It's a huge site. It's just got those huge power lines over top of it. So it's uh, tricky to build on. Mr. Mayor, how is your government helping with the paramedic shortage that has happened on the Lower Mainland? Uh, I would like nothing more than to download paramedic service to the municipalities if we could. Uh, the province hasn't agreed to do so, uh, and so we have to work within the existing system. Uh, but I think it would make more sense to have in urban areas in the province of BC have uh, paramedics run out of our fire departments. Uh, then you can make sure that the service is uh, tied to the North Shore. Of course, we would do mutual aid to help other people, but right now uh, par um, paramedics are being dispatched regionally. And uh, I don't know if, you know if you guys know where the... Um, the ESO is on Highway 1 by Westview. There's like a Safeway and uh, used to be a pub there. That is the, if we only have one ambulance left on the North Shore, that's where they park. Is That's the sort of the central highway access point. And if you're looking for it, you'd be amazed how many times you see that one last um, uh, ambulance parked in that one location. And uh, that's the trigger to all of us who watch it to go, you know, if there's a if there's two calls right now, we're going to be calling that second paramedic from Mission Maple Ridge, Coquitlam, somewhere else, and it's going to take them a half hour to get here. Uh, so we'd we'd much prefer to see the system downloaded and um, become a part of integrated with our fire department system. Um, what is it like to be mayor and get recognized almost everywhere you go? I wouldn't say almost everywhere I go. Certainly in my local. Um, grocery store, it's tough to get through without somebody uh, uh, wanting to come and talk to you about what's going on in their area. Um, uh, but it's, you know, most people are very gracious and kind and mostly just want to chat and tell you a little bit about what their their big issue is. You occasionally run into somebody who's uh, a little more upset about something. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm six foot four and 260 pounds and, and people don't tend to get that angry with me because, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, we, we just at the end of the day, everybody's just neighbors, right? And so you can usually talk to people as a neighbor and say what's happening and you know what's going on in their neighborhood. And and uh, most people are very kind about it. Uh, so it, it's it's a cool experience. Uh, I mean, you you get called your worship and you get, uh, you know, treated uh, in a special way. But the, the reality is we're all just we're all just neighbors and we're all trying to figure out how to run our own community better. And, and so most people are very kind about it. And uh, it's a good experience. Um, my kids might have a different view. Two of my kids are very embarrassed about me being the mayor, and two of my kids think it's the coolest thing ever. So uh, different experiences for the, for the kids. Uh, you mentioned you worked at EA. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a bit more about that? Yeah, I was. I worked for Electronic Arts for several years uh, in... Uh, uh, I was mostly tied to the FIFA soccer um, uh, FIFA soccer games, but then in the off season, I would do other stuff like Need for Speed, golf. Uh, uh, I think I did a Warcraft uh, game, um, and uh, and so you know we would the time for a release of a September run of our major sports franchises, uh, hockey, FIFA, NBA, and then in the off season we'd do whatever else and then come back to it again. I switched over to the facilities department partway through my time to help them build a new building. We had about 800 employees at the time, and so we decided to stop leasing places and instead build our own new facility. So I worked for the facilities department setting up the new uh, the new building in Burnaby. And then uh, after that, went back and finished my degree in political science and then uh, ran for election. Mr. Mayor, do you think North Vancouver could be fully green by 2050? 
I think that's achievable. Uh, I think that uh, we've taken some major steps. Uh, the, the, the challenge is going to be retrofit costs. So new buildings, we can do it. Um, and new vehicles, we can do it. The challenge is what do you do with stuff that's already on the market and living out its peaceful life? You know, when we build a house, the house will last for 50, 70, 100 years. And so that, that will be the challenge is um, you can get your new buildings clean or cleaner than clean, and, uh, uh, but your old buildings are still using a tremendous amount of energy. I, I happen to think that we, we need to take the position that we incentivize uh, uh, upgrades to people's uh, homes. Uh, and uh, some of my council are more focused on that we need to have the ability to make it happen and force them to, uh, to upgrade their, their homes. And so we have a bit of a debate on that at our council right now. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, buildings and vehicles are the biggest source of greenhouse gases. And so uh, you, you, you got to figure out how you're going to address your old buildings. Mr. Mayor, I heard you got a degree in political science. Where did you get that from, if you don't mind me asking? A combination. I went to Capilano University for some classes, and then I went to Trinity Western University uh, for others. And then I went to what was called the Laurentian Leadership Center in Ottawa, where I worked in the House of Commons and, uh, and then completed uh, a co-op program working for a member of parliament. And so that's how I finished up my degree and came back and got elected. It's, uh, it was a great experience. I, I started in history. And then uh, as I went through school, I realized that I enjoyed the political classes in Canadian history more than just the straight up history. And, and so made the change and uh, ended up getting a degree in political science. What's involved in being the mayor? Like, what do you do in your job? And yeah. I read lots of reports. <laughs> um, but, you know, under COVID, we've been trying to meet up with people by walk and talk in their neighborhood, hear what their concerns are. Um, it's a customer service role, really. People need help accessing government and we help them solve their problems. And uh, uh, that's my view of it is I'm, I'm there to, to help people. If they have a concern, I try to meet with them, uh, whether that's a Zoom conference or whether that's me uh, going and walking their neighborhood with them. Uh, that's, that's the bulk of the job. I mean, I also, I run meetings and I am technically the chief executive officer for the district of North Vancouver. And so I have to, I have signing authority, like at the end of a decision, I have to be the one that approves it. Uh, but the bulk of my time is spent meeting with people, hearing their concerns and uh, trying to help them solve their problems. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the new proposed housing by Ron Andrews? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, uh, one that's recently passed. It's uh, the company that brought it forward was called Anthem. And um, it was uh, relatively low cost housing to begin with. And that's always the challenge is that the, the, the affordable housing has a big fat target on its back because uh, the developers can buy it up at a relatively low price and then redevelop it. And so then our concern is always, how does that help us to take low cost housing, rip it down and replace it with expensive new stuff? And so we always have to try to push back and get um, benefits back to the community. So that one has some rent to own units. It has uh, uh, affordable units. It has a purpose-built rental building. And so we, we try to force the developers to that kind of a standard to produce something that's actually gonna help more, more people. Um, and so, in the end, they uh, they probably brought enough stuff into the project that uh, that the community got on side, and so we supported the project. Mr. Mayor, you said you were running with the Conservative Party. What kind of seat were you running for, MP or MLA? Uh, I was the candidate for a member of parliament uh, for Burnaby North Seymour, which is combined uh, Seymour area and sort of uh, the north part of Burnaby uh, above Low Heat Highway. And... Um, uh, it was a very different election. In my local elections, I kind of just run run things. I, I you know do my own signs, do my own literature, and 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 such. For uh, the uh, a federal election, it's a much bigger affair. I think we my municipal campaigns cost about. Uh, I've had a few down around ten thousand. My most recent one was about twenty thousand dollars, but the federal campaign was more like sixty thousand uh, dollars. And so it, it, they're just much larger campaigns, but. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm quite happy uh, working as, as the mayor for the district. Um, Mr. Mayor, one last question. 
Um, what do you think about COVID in North Vancouver and um, generally like how your office is dealing it? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge for us. Um, uh, what we need to see now is, is the scaling up of, of the response. And so my wife works in long-term care. She got her two Pfizer shots and, um, uh, and when she did that, it was a challenge. They kept setting the date and canceling the date and setting the date and canceling the date. And then eventually she got like 12 hours notice and said, you have to be at this spot to get your, your shot. Uh, that's when we're at about a thousand uh, doses a day that we're giving out. We've got to get up to about 50,000 doses a day. And so something in the next month or two has to really switch um, where we can open up uh, spaces. We've got a facility down uh, in the Marine Drive area that will be opened up as a, a, a vaccine center. And, but we got to get we got to get a tremendous number of people through those sites uh, in order to be able to uh, um, deliver on, on the promises and the promises being about 10% inoculated by the end of this month, about 50% by the time we get to the beginning of summer. And then everybody who wants to have had their, um, their vaccination done by September. Uh, that's a tall order, especially when we don't have necessarily all of the vaccine uh, sources secured, uh, which we thought we did. We don't. So big challenge, but happy to say that the, the, the work has been done to sort of stratify and protect uh, out the most vulnerable people already. Our care facilities are already vaccinated and, uh, and the staff in there have a very high vaccination rate as well. Uh, so hopefully the most vulnerable people will not get hit with it. But I haven't had it, I heard it's terrible. A friend of mine got it and he lost his sense of taste uh, for months. Just couldn't taste food. You have a lovely sandwich in front of you and you couldn't smell it at all. So. Okay, Mr. Mayor, thank you for coming on our show tonight. Thanks for doing this interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, keep it up guys. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Bye. See ya. This has been 109.3 Let's Talk. Sadly, all good things must come to a close. So this is the end of our episode. Come back again in four weeks for a new episode. I'm your host, Reese N., and this has been 109.3 Let's Talk.